it sounds so cliche, but like, this is our one body. This is our one vessel on this planet in this lifetime. And you have to take care of it. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. On the podcast this week is Kelly Boyer, the founder and CEO of Paletta, farm-to-table meal delivery. And guys, I don't even know where to begin with introducing this week's episode. I am really excited and honestly just over the moon for you guys to meet Kelly and hear her story and really be introduced to Paletta. I had the best time connecting with Kelly. We had such a fun conversation. I'm convinced that we could have kept talking for for at least a couple more hours, but Kelly is so warm and inviting and fun to be around and fun to chat with. And we really talk all about her journey, where it all started, how Paletta came to life. And to be honest, it really started with this life-changing event when she was diagnosed with a rare advanced form of terminal ovarian cancer at the age of 21. And really with the love and support of her family and friends and really fusing Eastern and Western medicine, she beat it. And it totally changed the course of her life forever and has really set the tone for the way in which she shows up in her life and in her business. And we talk all about Paletta. We talk all about kindness and joy. And we really had a frank and honest conversation about what it's really like to experience a cancer diagnosis and experience a cancer diagnosis at such a young age and just what it takes to really shift your mindset and your perspective and the role that joy plays in your life at that time. And we also really talk about the role that joy is playing in Kelly's life now and the tools in which that she relies on to stay grounded and remain in a positive mindset. And we talk about her food journey and just how she really has totally immersed herself into Paletta. And we have a really awesome conversation too about cultivating your health and your life through eating well and how really you can treat the outside layer of your body, you know, all day long. But if your inner body and your inner self is not healthy, like the the rest really won't work. And so it was just a really wonderful, well-rounded perspective and conversation on wellness, you know, mind, body, and spirit. Before we dive in to this week's episode, I have to share the iTunes review of the week, and this week it comes from Jazz. Completely amazed. Sydney, you're amazing for being a platform for other platforms. I fell in love with the interview with the FemFile sisters, but now I find myself binging greatness. Jazz, you're amazing. Thank you for this really awesome and kind review and for taking a couple of seconds to rate and review Seek the Joy podcast on Apple iTunes. Ratings and reviews really help us get seen by new people and it's really my goal and my mission to 
spread the message of Seek the Joy podcast as far and as wide as I possibly can. So if you've been enjoying this podcast, if a guest or a message or an episode has resonated with you or made an impact on your life in some way, I would be so grateful if you would share that uh, in a review on Apple iTunes. So if you do leave us a rating and review, just make sure to take a screenshot of that review and send it to Sydney at Seek thejoypodcast.com. I will send you my guide for infusing more joy into your life and a couple of Seek the Joy podcast stickers just to say thank you. And as always, to learn more about today's episode, head over to the show notes section of our website, seekthejoypodcast.com slash show dash notes, and everything is right there. Okay, guys, last thing before we dive into this week's really amazing new episode, Kelly and Paletta are offering all Seek the Joy podcast listeners with 20% off your initial order through the end of 2018. I'm really excited about this, so make sure to go to their website, paletta.com, browse it, figure out which program would work best for you, and then at checkout, enter the code SEEKTHEJOY20, all one word, to receive that 20 20% off, but of course, I'll also put it in the show notes for today's episode so you can find it. All right, guys, that's it. I'm really excited about this week's episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the really wonderful and amazing Kelly Boyer of Paletta. My name is Kelly Boyer, and CEO and founder and owner of Paletta Farm to Table Meal Delivery. I started my business back in 2006 um, with no business plans. It was really just a happy accident. Hmm. Um, we, I actually have a, a, a long corporate career in human resources, and but all the businesses I've always um, been in HR for, they've always been entrepreneurial ventures. Every single one of them since I started working, whether it was a startup internet company or whether it was even like a startup division within, you know, a, a Fortune 100 company. So I've always loved building things like that's always really rewarding to me when I get to the maintenance side, it's not so interesting, <laughs> but so I have to like create new things to keep myself engaged and like creating new products and that kind of thing. But it really, like I said, it was an accident. I, I was, I had just retired from my career in human resources and I had, I loved it. I had what, what was such a satisfying career for me. I never wanted to be, you know, one of those human resources, just fill out this form, a big paper pusher. I needed to sign this. It, it was nothing like that. I, I really looked at my role as, you know, all of these employees are spending more time here than they are at home on any given day. And I just really wanted to make their ex their experiences as rewarding as possible. So I loved it. I just kind of crafted my job, the, my entire career to, to really sort of serve my own need for purpose and yeah. still suit the needs of the company. Um, and again, like I loved it until one day I just did it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it was a really quick decision. I think it was, it was actually shortly after 9-11. So I think, you know, millions of people were going through sort of dramatic shifts in their psyche and, yeah. you know, looking at their lives and their environment. And I just thought, I'm not feeling the same way I used to about my work. And so I gave notice and I took a little time off and 
that's when I decided to go to culinary school. And I, I honestly, I wish I had a more noble reason for it, but I honestly went because I just wanted to throw better dinner parties. <laughs> I really, I like, I love to cook and entertain. And I just, instead of being good at it, I just yeah. wanted to be great at it. Mm -hmm. And this, the experience was, it was so challenging. I have two master's degrees and I swear to you, this was almost harder. Wow. It was because it was a very physical thing. It's a very militaristic education process. People screaming all the time. I mean, it wasn't always pleasant, um, but I still appreciated what I got out of it. And so I, I became a classically French trained chef. But as a result of that, I mean, you know, cooking for two years, with butter and cream and sugar and flour, I probably gained about 20 pounds and yeah. I felt terrible. And I start with, you know, I started to use those cooking techniques to teach me how to cook more healthfully, which is not something they really taught us. So instead of, you know, buckets of butter, well, wh what can I do with the food I need to eat to feel better? And just was really self-taught in that arena. And then I started feeling better and looking better. So friends were saying, you know, God, what are you doing? You, you look so much better. You're so much, you know, you're so much more vital. You're losing weight. And I said, I'm doing this. And so they said, okay, well, will you do it for me too? And I said, sure. So I literally just started with a few friends and they started referring me to their personal trainers, their dietitians, their physicians, their nutritionists. And it, my entire business for years was built solely on word of mouth. I started it in my kitchen. I used in my own kitchen at home. Um, I used to buy, you know, plant, certainly do all the menus, cook the food, plate the food, pack the food. And I would toss my dog in my truck and I would drive around Los Angeles at two o'clock in the morning, delivering these bags by myself. Wow. And you know, again, it was, it, for me, it was just a passion project. I never intended it to be more than what it was. And I had a lot of investors that, that sort of be, to become interested, but again, I just wasn't sure I wanted to commit. So I just, you know, kept forging forward and ultimately started looking, you know, I had to move out of my home after just a couple of months, worked out of some rental kitchens. And then the biggest investment I made um, just in terms of like a life commitment was I wanted to buy and build a kitchen that was completely eco-friendly. You know, our eco-consciousness is a very big part of our mission and who we are. So I bought a building and converted it to um, silver lead standards and you know, we've got every piece of equipment has been recycled. All of our packaging is either recyclable, biodegradable, or biocompostable. You know, we have uh, skylights throughout the building, tankless water heaters. We've actually planted tens, if not hundreds of thousands of trees over the years to wow. mitigate our carbon footprint. So that stuff is it's really important to me. Like, I, you know, we generate a lot, so we try to want to mitigate any kind of damage we're doing to our planet. Definitely. And I think even before that, probably where I really decided this is something I really want to stick with and grow, it has a lot to do with my own personal background. I was, I mean, I'm 53. I'm, I always date myself older than I am. I'm turning 53 <laughs> in September, so I'm going to hang on to my 52. Hang on to the 52, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue a little bit nicer. I know. But I, when I was, uh, right after I graduated from undergrad, I was diagnosed with a very rare form of ovarian cancer. And this was back in the day when, you know, cell phones were the size of shoe boxes and hmm. there was no internet. Our doctors, you know, my doctors, it was all very fast diagnosed. Very, it actually took a year to diagnose, but once they did, I had to rush in for emergency surgery. And 
really what followed was a major life change, um, not just for me, but I have a, an amazing and beautiful, large extended family back in Michigan, which is where I'm being treated. And I, it really changed everybody's life. You know, I went from being this like nice Midwestern Polish girl who, you know, ate sausages and fried whatever with ranch dressing to this is not a great way to live. Mm -hmm. And my mom was really instrumental in helping me with nutrition. And it, it was then that really the, the whole fabric of nutrition and taking better care of your body, um, which is woven through the fabric of all of our lives. So it's a lifestyle thing now, you know? Yeah. So once the Paletta thing came to play, I went, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm, you know, in 20 years, I've come full circle to really finding my new purpose. You know, and that's to make people feel better by changing the way they eat, because, you know, what you put in your body, it's everything. I mean, this is I mean, it sounds so cliche, but like, this is our one body. This is our one vessel on this planet in this lifetime. And you have to take care of it. And I think there's so much information out there. Uh, it's so hard for people to weed through and figure out what do I eat? When do I eat? How do I eat? How much do I eat? And of course, everybody's different. So. I really crafted my business in, in, in really understanding that not one size fits all. So we offer a myriad of programs that will suit pretty much anybody and, and try to be really flexible that way. Even if you don't like certain food items, we can take them out in many cases. So it was really, it grew into a, a, a business that wanted to cast a wide net to really reach as many people as possible to improve their lives through food. Wow. It's really that simple. Yeah. I love this evolution that you've been on and what an incredible oh, yeah. story, honestly, from start to finish. And I mean, the yeah. story, like the story itself of how you transitioned from HR to having a passion project that became, yes. you know, your whole life, that, yes. that in itself is an incredible story. But then you look at the other story, the real backstory, I think that totally set the stage for, for everything that you've done, which is this terminal, um, cancer yes. diagnosis that you had, yeah. I, I think you said early twenties and I cannot even yes. imagine to be fresh out of undergrad, out of college and, and yes. to be really faced with a diagnosis like that. And, and for them to tell right. you it's terminal and it sounds like it has really set the stage, honestly, for, for your entire life. It, it really did. You know, it's a crazy thing to hear. I was 21 and I, I, I remember just being really in a fog, you know, right away, like just what, you know, I don't, huh? like what, right. what? I, I don't, honestly, I don't even think I really understood what cancer was then. You know, I mean, I see movies about, I didn't know anyone that had cancer. I see movies, I'd read books, but I, it was really a shock for everybody at such a young age. And the kind I had, you know, ovarian cancer was very, is typically very hard to diagnose anyway. And um, so it was so advanced by the time they found it, there was a, like a grapefruit, grapefruit sized tumor in mm. my belly. And, you know, they had to go in and, you know, perform a complete hysterectomy, remove the tumor. I had a third of my colon removed, but even going into that surgery, I wasn't even thinking about death so much because that concept at 21, you just don't even, your sense of mortality, so yeah. it's so foreign. I'm like, what do you mean? But I remember the biggest issue being, you know, am I going to be able to have children? And mm -hmm. I remember telling my doctor, when I wake up, that's the first thing I want you to tell me. That's just the first, that's all I want to know. Like, you know, can right. I, or can I not? Because right. they, they wouldn't know until they went in. And he told me, you know, no, we had to, you know, do a complete hysterectomy and that has probably been the single most difficult. I mean, I, I'm choking up a little bit now, which is sort of surprising me because mm -hmm. at moments when I think I have this, 
I'm so healed in it or it creeps up sometimes. And I, you know, it's been probably the, the single most difficult thing I've had to face, you know, throughout my life. I, I've lost relationships because of it, because I couldn't, you know, procreate. And, you know, and I, I didn't understand it at the time when I was younger, but I, I do now. I understand people have their needs and, you know, their wants for what they want for their life. But someone said to me, gosh, I hope I can say this properly. I think it's, like, it's not his quote. I know he stole it from somewhere. But he said, you know, some trees were, were made to bear fruit and other trees were made to give shade. Mm. And he said, yours is to give shade. And it just read, it, it, that one comment healed me like almost 80%. It yeah. just made me go, yeah, I can, I can contribute to the world. I can help. I can help other people. I can nurture you know, which is so much about having children and pro, you know, and having babies. Right. And I can nurture people in a different kind of way. So that really helps with the healing process. You know, it really did. I mean, it's still, I still, it still stings sometimes, even at this age, but I'm really blessed in that I have tons of godchildren and mm. nieces and nephews. So I think in some ways I get sort of a higher class situation that I get, <laughs> I just get to love the heck out of them. And then I get to go home. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I go, okay, Aunt Kelly's leaving now. Bye. <laughs> right. So you kind of, in that sense, get the best of both worlds. But talk about just how one quote, just w- someone sharing that yes. piece of wisdom with you, talk about just the ability to shift, you know, your entire perspective, yes. because I think we can look at our circumstances and, and, you know, we can get stuck in that sort of rabbit hole of, oh my gosh, like I, this is terrible, right? you know, and that is devastating. Right? I can imagine, yes. you know, to be in a position at such a young age, not only, you know, facing a cancer diagnosis, but then to be told, you know, that you could never have children. Right? I can't imagine being in your shoes. And so I can only, I can only, yeah. you know, wonder what that was like to hear that. And then to have someone step in at really the right moment and provide for you or help you shift oh. that perspective and mindset and and show yourself like, hey, I can still have this role that I want to have in the world. I just yes. get to cast a wider net, you know, a much yes, more wider yes. net than I would have been, um, you know, with just my own children. And so it really sounds like you've been able to nurture and nourish, you know, yeah, thousands of words. thousands of people through following this wonderful passion project, which has really become yes. your whole life. Yeah, and even when I have like little moments where you know it's it's a tough business, you know, food totally. business is very tough, especially when you're doing customized food and you have delivery logistics, and it's it's a very complex animal. But then I get then I'll get calls from someone or emails from someone. You know, I'm I'm off my cholesterol medication for the first time in 30 years, mm. or, you know, I'm, I'm able to have children now, you know, we have a fertility program to help people, women get ready if they're having, you know, fertility problems and they're, you know, they're going through treatments to try to have babies, you know, we, we feed them and they you get these, thank you, wow. like, thank you so much for helping me. Like I'm pregnant now, like their lives are going off in a more positive direction. It's insanely rewarding, insanely rewarding. I'm, I'm really grateful for the opportunity. And I feed actually I actually feed a lot of cancer patients, and wow. those are you know feeding people that are ill or have chronic conditions is sort of you know like a real like sub passion of mine because I so I, I I can personally relate to what they're going through like you know if I have the clients that I have that are going through chemotherapy I know I'm like okay 
here's what's going to happen. And you're, you're, you're tasting, I, I find out what kind of medications they're taking. I'm like, okay, your mouth is probably going to taste like metal. The food mm-hmm. is not going to taste good. So we're going to give you salty this. We're going to take this out. We're going to add this in. And being able to support people in a position that I was in is just phenomenal. I mean, those are good days. Those are really good days. Yeah, the ability to see the impact, but also to directly relate to people, you know, giving your experience. I think there's such a gift within that because, you know, anyone could have a meal delivery service or anyone could have a podcast or whatever it might be, but the ability to really connect with someone on that very basic human level, you know, based upon the experiences that you've had, I think it's a game changer. And then it's woven, you know, totally into the fabric of everything that you do. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, it, it's such an interesting age of technology and social media. And I, there are obviously, you know, a, a lot of critics, on, you know, on, on how it's changing us socially and isolating us. Well, and, and that is true to a degree. I remember I was at Starbucks a few weeks ago and I, I kind of looked up. I was looking at my phone, too. There were 12 people in line hmm. and I glanced up for a minute and all of us were looking at our phones. And I thought, God, you know, it's so much harder now. Like there, it's, it's, there's, it's almost like there's no serendipity anymore. You know, how am I going to like bump into, well, I already have the love of my life, but what if I didn't? How am I going to mm-hmm. bump into the, my, the love of my life? And, you know, or how am I, it's, it, in some ways it's harder to make new friends. But I think if you look at the positive side of it, that it's an ability to really share on a broad level. Like I know there's a lot of bad stuff out there and you have to look a little harder to find the good stuff, but it's, it's a phenomenal platform. Like your podcast really? alone, you know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of bad ones out there and you have to weed through them a little bit, but the opportunity to have that platform and also be really focused on what you're interested in and excited about and what you find purposeful. I think it's all a gift. You just have to totally. sift through the garbage. You just oh, got to sift through the always. garbage a little bit, you know? Always. And I think that's such a great point, just the disconnection and how we're all on our phones. I think you're right. It doesn't set the stage for a lot of uh, serendipities and coincidences and just the awareness to look up and be part of what's going on. And so I think it's so interesting that you bring that up because what I was thinking about almost instantaneously when you started talking about the cancer diagnosis that you had in your 20s was that I can imagine that it really woke you up to who you really wanted to be in your life. And it if yes. you had a cell phone that wasn't the size of a book at that time, right? That was like in the palm yeah. of your hand and you were staring at it and you were, you know, disconnected and distracted. You know, I always wonder, yeah. would would someone have that same moment of maybe awareness or awakening of who they want to be in the world, how they want to show up? And, you know, you're almost, I can imagine, given a new lease on life when you're told, hey, like this is no longer terminal. You know, you're going to live and yes. you're going to thrive. And so it's really interesting to hear you, you know, reflect on all of that. You know, it's actually, it's, it's a timely conversation because, um, my best friend right now, oddly, she's four, uh, she just turned 48. She oddly has uh, a very similar cancer to what I had, advanced stage 3C ovarian cancer, and it was mm. spread throughout her peritoneum. And she's going through treatment right now. And um, it's just something I never thought we would share, obviously. Right, right. Um, but there's really, you know, you talked about this new lease on life. And there's actually this very scary weird, unexpected dynamic that happens um, when you are declared in remission. So for me, uh, I'll use my example. I, you know, I was told that I maybe had a year to live, that really the best they could hope for was to make me, make me comfortable, maybe two years. 
uh, but there really wasn't that much they could do. And it was also very rare. So, you know, I think only there were only 20 similar cases to mine in the whole world and they had all died. Mm. So everything was bad. Everything was like, gloom right, and, right. and my, my parents, um, they're divorced, but they, you know, like very, very friendly. And my, uh, we were talking earlier, my dad's an attorney and my mom is a psychologist. Hmm. So they both took separate but parallel paths to help me get well. My mom was on the nutrition side and researching alternative homeopathic treatments, which I do to this day. Hmm. My dad, you know, was sending my slides all over the world to different doctors and cancer research centers, flying me here, flying me to the Mayo Clinic in Sloan Kettering to meet with doctors. So my parents really came together and, and opened up the whole world, or, or I probably would have died. If I, if we had just done what the doctors were suggesting, I right. probably would not have survived. So their tenaciousness, their focus, I mean, they literally said when the doctors said you have a year, they said, no, just no, hmm. we don't, you know, that's not how we roll. We're going to do everything humanly possible. And, and all of it worked, you know, it wasn't just nutrition. It wasn't just chemotherapy. It wasn't just surgery. It wasn't just acupuncture. It wasn't, it was all of those things combined. All of those things wow. combined, which help you create a lifestyle. But the dynamic that happens to many, many people, like only recently found out through my friend is there's when I was declared in remission, what, what sort of shifts is you you've had this you've been sort of preparing it. You've been fighting your disease like crazy, fighting it, you know, to the death, clawing to make right. yourself well. And then when you get declared in remission, that that just it oddly puts a big fat question mark over your head so you you're almost getting yourself preparing yourself for the inevitability of dying and then suddenly there's a possibility that you won't hmm. and it's not a probability it's a possibility so I, what i experienced after being in remission was oddly the deepest depression i've ever experienced you know before or since like a very yeah. profound deep fear of what is next? This could come back any day. What am I, you know, it, 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 you feel lost. And if you can, you, know, you can imagine that even leading up to that, I mean, again, I, I was in a circle of love and support for the entire year that I was going through treatment a little right. bit longer than a year. Um, and I think when you go, when you go into remission, people, they don't disappear, but they do go back appropriately into their own lives, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. they should, they're, you know, they've been, they, they need, they, everyone else has their own lives too, but they're suddenly, it suddenly gets kind of quiet and you get kind of lost and you're not really sure what to do. And it's, it's validated to me because, because of my best friend right now, who's going through it. I told her, you know, she just got declared a remission and she said, I'm so depressed. Wow. I, and I said, I get it. And then she started, you know, we had this long talk about it. And, and then she started, you know, she's in a lot of support groups. And almost every single person has said the same thing. And literally using the words suicidal. Mm. I mean, that that's how deep it can be. So you really have to, then you kind of have to get a grip. And then you have to move on with your life. You have a new lease on life. And the sun is brighter. And the sky is bluer. But you still have to put your human suit on every day and face the same challenges that everybody else does plus this sort of element of unknown. So it's a, it's like a weird two-edged sword. It's just, it's a very strange thing that, that a lot of people don't talk about. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never heard anybody talk about this yeah. before because I think, you know what it really reminds me of? It's almost like you have to reintegrate into society yes. and reintegrate yes. into maybe not even the life that you had before, but a new life that you've 
been gifted in in many ways. And so it's so fascinating because something I was wondering was, is there joy? Is there excitement? Do you just, you just kind of like, oh my God, I'm not going to die. This is amazing. And you just run in that direction or are there, you know, lulls and moments of panic and fear and anxiety and depression of the unknown. And it sounds like, I don't know, it sounds like really that predominates. And I, I have really never heard anybody share that before. I felt like I was crazy at the time, like really like fighting these, like, you know, almost suicidal thoughts and these, Mm -hmm these, you know, this overwhelming fear and uncertainty and confusion. And for me, what I did, I just made a big shift in life. So I, you know, I've been, well, my friends were off after graduation, starting their lives and their careers. You know, I was at home being cared for by my family. And so I think there was this underlying sense of, I'm sure I didn't articulate it at the time, but, oh my God, I have to catch up. Like I have to catch up. I've been, I've been on pause for a year and a half. So I have to get going. And so I, I almost, I mean, really quickly after being declared in remission, I packed up my car and I moved, I drove, I broke Michigan and I drove to Chicago and stayed with a friend for a while and ended up living there for five years. And it was really the best thing I could have done. I needed to go stand on my own two feet, you know, figure out who I wanted to be, what I wanted to do, what kind of life I wanted to have for myself. And that's what I did. And, and, and I haven't been, you know, I go to Michigan all the time to visit, but I think it gave me for sure a a desire to live really large mm-hmm. and and just experience everything I could possibly experience. And I read this article recently and I thought it was I, I didn't like it because it was talking about FOMO. It was like, you know, this fear of missing <laughs> out. And like, oh, everyone wants to be on these vacations. You see a beautiful picture when you go there. The picture's not as nice as it really, or the place isn't as nice as the picture. And people, you know, like, sort of just settle down and sit in your space and be happy. And that just doesn't fit for me. I mean, I'm like, oh no, like I, I see something exciting. It's not a, it's not FOMO for me. It's like, ooh, a new experience. Ooh, yeah, you know, something new to eat, a place to go, a place to try, something new to read, something new to, you know. I just get really like jacked up about that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I love, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit restless. No one would ever call me uh, still or calm. <laughs> 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 I, it's just not who I am. Uh, and, and I like it. Yeah. Like I, you know, balance isn't a word that really fits my vernacular very well. I, it's, it's not something I really strive for because I don't, I sort of appreciate the highs and the lows. You know, I, I really do like the lows are lows, but my God, they make those highs so much better and they make you appreciate the other stuff. If you weren't feeling crappy at times, you wouldn't appreciate feeling amazing at other times. Yeah. You need that contrast. Yes, exactly. Contrast. That's yeah. exactly the right word. That's exactly the right word. I don't want a beige life. You know, I've had a lot of really tough things happen to me, really tough things. And each one, I'm like, okay, you know, dig in. I, I'm gonna get through this. Always do, always mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's that, you know, there's the sunshine at the end of the tunnel. Like there, there always is. I just, I really believe that there's a surprise around every corner. So at my darkest, darkest moments, I just, I have to tell myself that, you know, like no, like God, you know, you've had some really dark times and some really hard times, but something always happens. You either make something happen or something just happens to you, mm-hmm. and it can turn on a dime. It could just turn. I mean, think about if you look at, you know, we just had two, you know, very successful, very seemingly excited, happy, thriving, accomplished people, 
you know, commit suicide in the last week and a half. Mm -hmm. And Anthony Bourdain being, he honestly, like he's, you know, he's a hero of mine. And he, you know, I read his book while I was ill, you know, years and years and years ago. And I just fell in love with him. And he's one of the reasons I went to culinary school. I mean, Mm -hmm. for sure. And to see how these, these people, again, who seemingly have everything, you, you just don't know. You don't know the darkness mm-hmm. that's going on behind their eyes. And, you know, that's around us all the time. And listen, I also believe this too. Like nutrition has a lot to do with that. You know, we focus on foods you, that you, you want, you eat, if you eat crappy, you probably will feel crappy. You know, there are certain foods that have certain ingredients in them that actually elevate moods. There are foods that can help you sleep. You know, there are foods that give you more energy. So that I like to roll that into my nutrition as well. Like it's 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 not just like okay, it's not just gut health. It's not just you know your your circulatory system. It's not just mm-hmm. your joint. It's it's your mind and your soul all together. It's all connected. So it's been, you know, like a really dark week and a half, but it's actually just reaffirmed my awareness of like people, the pain that people are in, but how there is, there are so many things they can do to mitigate it, to cure themselves, to better themselves and to get through it, you know? Yeah. That's so interesting. You bring that up because I think in, in many ways for a lot of us, it has really, I don't know, reaffirmed a couple of things. First of all, that you know, the color that we experience in our lives, you know, whether we attribute that to a positive moment or a negative moment, it all is color and it all paints the, right? It paints, do it, please. It paints the portrait, you know, of who we are. And I think what I have really started to learn for myself is that, and even just reflecting, just like you have over the last week and a half, reflecting on how that color has made me who I am today and, you know, not allowing yourself to, to stay, you know, in that dark place for too long. And some of us have right. the ability to, you know, directly pull ourselves out of it. And then some of us, you know, need a lot, need help doing it. And there's no harm and no shame in that. I think no. the ability to reach out and ask for help, but then also to have that awareness of, I should reach out to this person, I think are both extremely important. So that just reminded me, uh, that came to mind based on what you were saying, just yeah. about how, yeah. you know, you don't want to live a beige life. You want to embrace the no. color. And, and that means embracing, you know, the highs and the lows and really accepting and embracing that that really encapsulates the journey. And I think that is so, I just love what you had to say. And so I I really wanted to touch on that because you're such a wonderful example of that too. Oh, thank you. I I, I appreciate that. You know, again, it's like we, we all were, there's so many of us side by side and you know, again, when you go back to the technology, a lot of us aren't touching each other, but those things can be used to actually connect Definitely. and touch each other. You know, I totally. think, I think one thing I've seen, if, if anything, I, I used to really focus, I used to be, the people I used to admire the most, I think, were those people who really accomplished, really driven, mm-hmm. you know, got a lot done, um, really were living their lives large like I wanted to, but I have to say, what I really look for now is is something so simple, but I feel like it's just missing. It's we're 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 in such a deficit in our world right now. It's just kindness, mm-hmm. just kindness. I mean, that's the quality I look for in everybody now. I'm like, God, you can be as smart as can be, but if you're not kind, it's just it's just not worth it. It's just yeah. not worth it. We need more of that. Just and I don't I don't even mean gentle. I just mean just kindness. Just you know 
just basic, basic kindness. Yes, do unto others. It sounds cliche, but I think we're in a deficit. You know, I, I feel so. like I'm in a deficit sometimes. I'm like, gosh, I can't go to the car wash without getting the dirty look from, you know, the girl at the <laughs> counter or she's having a bad day and this guy barks at me and it's like, it's, it's depleting. It is. You know, I, 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 I take that stuff on, which I wish I didn't, but it's like, oh, oh I do too. Comes, yeah, I absorb it. And it's, it's, it's the thing I like, you know, it's a quality I like least about myself because other people's energy, I just suck it in and it's yeah. really hard. So my consciousness of that, especially I have crazy energy, you know, like I can be really intense. I can talk really fast or, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I'm, I'm not slow. So I, I know that I consciously sometimes have to manage my own energy with when I'm with other people, like try to be sensitive to where they're at. So that I just don't come exploding into a room. <laughs> I, try, I like, get it. Yeah. Suss out how they're doing and what space they're in. So I can like, maybe I have to pull back, you know, a little yeah, bit, Yeah. but yeah, we need just, we just need more kindness in the world and how many, you know, you can do that in all kinds of different ways. You know, I know in my business, like one thing that was really important when we were starting it was I want certainly the, the eco consciousness of it, obviously, and then, you know, mm-hmm. giving health to people, but it was also about like, we do a ton of philanthropy too. Like that was really important to me. Like I'm the big animal advocate. So um, over the years we've contributed and given time and energy and money to tons of, you know, philanthropic organizations. But now what I'm really trying to do is hone in on, instead of having this whole breadth of people we work with, I really trying to hone in and get a depth, get, get a lot yeah. deeper with, okay, what are these organizations that really mean so much to me? You know, and I don't feel compelled to start my own. I think there are enough things out there that I can, you know, glom onto and support and help in my own way. But I think in, in my business, I need it. Like, I don't think I'd feel as good about my business if it were just, a, you know, this money-making venture. I would have stopped years ago. It just, the yeah. money, money's never really motivated me that much. You know, I've always, I've had money because I've worked hard and, but that's really never been the motivation. And I've certainly had moments in Paletta where it was just a business. And those were some, those were kind of miserable. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. I just have to deal with these orders. I have to deal with this, 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 this. And, you know, that can go on for months sometimes, but then I'm so blessed in that inevitably, inevitably, someone will come along or something will come along and totally reaffirm that, no, this is what you're supposed to be doing. You're actually, you are changing people's lives, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't want to get up in the morning and, and do that? Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And it's, it's all about returning to your why, why you started, why this uh, is important to you, because just like you said, yeah. you know, you can get stuck or trapped within that day to day of what it takes to run the business and lose sight sort of even temporarily, you know, of why you started. And I love that you incorporate social impact and um, eco consciousness and that level of awareness. And it all ties into your broader purpose. And I love what you also just said about kindness, because that is such a running theme, both within this podcast, but within my own life. And it's been a journey for me to recognize that, you know, this just I'm backtracking a little bit, but it it's been a journey for me to recognize for myself that it's important for me, despite what I'm you know receiving from someone else, to maintain that level of kindness within myself. Yes. So I don't have to meet that snarky look with a with my own snarky look. You can meet yes. it with a smile, right? <laughs> yeah. And so it takes me back, right? It just takes me back full circle to who you are and with Paletta because 
it's about the nutrition and about how we can treat ourselves and treat our bodies, you know, with more yeah. kindness through eating food that can yes. really sustain us and nourish us and nurture us. And, but yeah. you know, that really takes care of, you know, both the inner and the outer layer, but there's so much more that we can do to build upon that nutrition. And so I'm wondering, you know, in your own life, are there things that you do to help you maintain that kindness and that self-awareness and that purpose within yourself to kind of keep you, keep your energy where you want it to be and keep you grounded, you know, at the same time to then to be able to go out in the world and, you know, share that broader purpose with everyone. Yes. And, you know, listen, I, I am as human and flawed as they come. <laughs> and I am, I am in some ways I'm so insanely disciplined and in other ways I'm so undisciplined. Yeah. And so it, it takes me a while to sort of find my thing. And then I like to, and then I, you know, it could be a year later that I find, go find another thing. Um, I've had a lot of health issues myself, you know, in, you know, cancer is obviously the big one, but right. I have, uh, it's funny when I even say that out loud because I'm like, no, I feel like I'm, he- I'm healthy. But my doctor recently said, God, you have a long medical history. And I went, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I guess if you write it <laughs> you out, think? yeah, I really, yeah, I guess I really, so. I'm like, oh, I really do. You know, I have, um, I have, um, a degenerative spine. So I've had two surgeries on my spine so far. I've got some thyroid thing. I have as a result of having, you know, I've been on synthetic hormones and estrogen my entire life because mm-hmm. I had to have the hysterectomy when I was young. So I, I, uh, I have osteoporosis in both hips now and, you know, it, and, and there's a lot of pain that's associated with that. So I'm, I'm in the process right now for my own self, like navigating through all of these waters, like, okay, what's the best treatment? What is, what's a short-term thing? What's a long-term thing? And I don't right. want to automatically go to surgery. And don't get me wrong, I am very pro Western medicine, but I'm also I also love the marriage of Eastern medicine with it. Mm-hmm. So so some of the things that you know I have been finding and, and they change, right? Like, you know, ten years ago I was doing actually sooner not even that long, maybe six years ago, I was doing boot camp like crazy. Mm. I loved it. I used to go to body inspired fitness and we'd go like it would be, it was like kids. It was like being at recess, you know, you're skipping and running <laughs> through the parks and on the beach. It was so much fun, but my body can't handle that. And so what, what is something, you know, because of my joints, because of my neural issues. So what are those things, especially as I'm getting older that I can do for myself? And, you know, so I, I what's really helped me, especially if you, I've already talked about how I am not a calm person, yoga for me over the past year has been a godsend. Hmm. Yeah, I've always dabbled. I've always dabbled a little bit, but now it's just, I'm just taking it much more seriously because it slows my brain down and it so connects me with my body mm-hmm. and it's not, um, and because I have all these little issues, I can stop when it's, I, I know it's not feeling right. And I can push where it was before I would have just push. Push, 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 like just get through it, get through it. You can do it. It's like a competition with myself, which it's not at all. And that's what I like about yoga. I love that they even call it a practice, that you're going to be practicing for the rest of your life. It's never something you're going to master is and it's, and it's your own thing. So you're not competing with anyone in the class. You're just in your own space, your own head space, your own physical space. And I've just become obsessed with it. It's so good for me. And my dear, dear friend and publicist, Nicole Maiden, turned me on to meditation about a year and a half ago. Hmm. She started, um, you know, this journey, a, a big life-changing journey of her own. And she's a dear, dear friend of mine. And she said, I need you to meet me. We actually went to Unplugged. That's where I started. Unplugged hmm. in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. 
And she took me to my first sound bath at the beach. And she took me to my first, you know, um, music meditation there. We, that was what we did on a Friday night. Like instead of going to a bar and having a drink for right. dinner. Oh, I love we, this. And it was, it was a turning point for me I, and because I thought, oh, I hate meditation. I can't sit down. I can't calm down. Well, that's what it does for me. It really kind of draws me back into myself. And that's been really rewarding. Um, on the, on, on, the, on my nutrition, I have, listen, I'm full disclosure. I'm a little schizophrenic about my own nutrition right now <laughs> because I have so many meal programs, right, that I develop. Like there's a keto, there's a paleo, there's a vegan, there's yeah. a this, there's a that. But that's because that's that's awesome. That's what I want because everybody's different. Everybody, well, people need different things. And I'm actually trying to figure out what I need right now. You know, I was a vegan for about a year. I mean, I've been a vegan on and off, um, mostly not. Um, but I started the, uh, I, I, what did I, I, when I hurt my back last year, I gained like maybe 50, 20 pounds. I think I gained 20 pounds. And I started the keto diet just for myself, not for my business, because I wanted to see what that was like. I needed help with, you know, the inflammation for me was really bad. Yeah. Um, and I just did it on my own. And oh my gosh, that was like, that was a game changer. I'm not saying this is something I'm going to do forever. I'm sure it won't be. But for now, the keto plan for me has really, really helped. It took me almost a year to even roll it out for my company because I'm super fussy. I'm, I'm always late to launch things because I just want to test the hell out of them. You know, I was having yeah. friends do it. I had a few clients. I'm like, okay, I want you to try this. Tell me how you feel. And I really needed to understand like, scientifically, like what, what is happening? Like what's happening in the body? Who should not be doing it? Who should be doing it? Because I'm, I, I feel very responsible for the stuff I'm putting out in the world. So mm -hmm. I just want to make sure, you know, I'm not putting stuff out there that's bad. And I'll give you an example that it may not be bad, but something I changed my position on, you know, I, we developed um, Paletta Pressed, which is an organic cold pressed juice line and nut milk line, maybe about four years ago now, maybe even five. And I loved it. I was so into it. I think they were the most beautiful products ever made. Like I, I just love that. They were like my babies, but I was really insistent that they had to be organic. And because I felt like if, if you're not, you know, the way the, the nutrient, the way without having the fiber and the drinks, the nutrients, everything's absorbed into your body really fast. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm like, God, if you're not using hundred percent certified organic ingredients, it's like mainlining pesticides into your body. Mm -hmm. So I was very insistent about that. And, and from a business standpoint, that was hard to do because we weren't a beverage business. This was just an offering we had, but I just can't, I just can't, I shut my program down about a year, maybe a year and a half ago because I changed how I feel about it. For, mm -hmm. for me, I, I really believed it when I was doing it. I did so much research and I talked to everybody I could about it, but now my personal experience with just juicing, you know, cold press juicing specifically is that it's not good for me. And right. it's, there's so much sugar in it. I, I want the fiber. If I'm going to make a juice, I'm going to make it in a blender with lots of ice. So I don't lose the nutrients, but I want the fiber. It could bother. We used to compost, you know, uh, the yield, like all, you know, sort of the, all of the right. fiber and the pulp and stuff that was left behind. Um, but we got too big. So it was just too hard to do that after a while. And then when I wasn't able to do that, I'm just looking at this food going, that should be in my body. That all of those little strings of fiber right there, that should be in me. Mm -hmm. And um, I, as I said earlier about my girlfriend who uh, she's going through cancer treatment right now, 
she was doing a lot of juicing and even with the green juices they were told she was testing her um alkaline levels every day and her numbers were totally out of whack whenever she would have one of these juices so i've you know i don't regret doing it i for me it was an evolution it's just not something that i feel comfortable supporting now right it was hard like it was yeah. really, it was like fake, it was like breaking up with a boyfriend I'm like oh i love it <laughs> so you know once it sounds like you know once you get more of an education and really immerse yeah. yourself in the because the food industry is constantly changing and the exactly. information that's available to us and the nutrition facts and so that's why I love so much that you offer so many different programs with so many different options uh, because it, you know everyone is different and I think you said this earlier you know there's no there's no one size fits all and so to no. create something that would work you know for different types of people but you know, still returns to your main purpose and mission. I don't, I just, I love it. I think and it's so, I love this meditation piece and the yoga piece because that has been um, so important for me too. And oh, anything, that, anything that we can do, you know, to return to that space within ourselves that to yeah. have that sense of inner reflection and peace. And then, you know, from there you can really create and mold, you know, your businesses or your projects or even just who you are, you know, in the world. No, exactly. All of it. It helps you sort of settle down and get back into yourself. Like we have so many distractions all day long and, and not bad distractions. They could be great distractions. Just being but... alive is a distraction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Totally. Exactly. And to be able to sort of recenter, I mean, uh, it, it's something I have to, it's, it's an, it's, and it's a constant process, right? You don't just do a reset. Right. But okay, everything's great. Because life's going to keep pulling you back in and pulling you back in and pulling you back in. But I think to have that, that self-awareness, listen, I, I have, you know, I didn't certainly, I didn't come to this that early, you know? And so when I, when I see younger people having this awareness now, you know, younger in their years, like the quality of your lives are going to be so much better. Mm. The more self-actualized you are, the more self-aware, the more self-driven, the more guided and focused you can be. But it's it's an ongoing process. You know, you don't just write I'm bringing a piece of paper or here's what I'm going to who's here's here's what I'm going to be next. No, <laughs> it's you know, it's like it's going to it's going to it might happen slowly. It might happen fast. Yeah. But then you're going to change. I mean, the things that are important to me now are not the same things that were important to me even five years ago. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, and, and we're like constantly said, changing. Yeah. And, and learning and like, even on the food, um, again, it's, it's challenging because there's so much information, but I actually love researching nutrition. I love it because I'm constantly learning something new, like this whole, you know, microbiomes now. I mean, I can't stop reading about it because I'm like, Oh my God, this gut health thing, like this is major. So, it's like you, it's like you have a whole organ that we don't even know about really. It's almost an organ to itself. Yeah, and it's like your second brain basically. Yes. And mm -hmm. the impact that has, it's like, I, I can't even get my head around it sometimes, but I love learning about it. And then I like to, again, apply those learnings to whatever products I'm putting out there. Yeah. You know, I don't want, I don't want to put out junk and I'll be the first to tell you, like if, if I, if I change my mind, I'm not going to do it. Hence the press juices, you know, no yeah. offense to anyone else who, who loves them and wants to do them. I'm just like, ah, for me, this is no longer something I feel like compelled to stand behind. 
Yeah. I don't, it's not a big thumbs down. I, you know, I don't, you know. Uh, it just no longer but, aligns with you and in, in yeah. your evolution and your journey. Yeah. That makes yeah, a lot of sense. Exactly. Yeah. So does immersing yourself in nutrition and food and helping others and really creating this like full wellness of mind, body, and spirit, does that bring you a lot of joy? Do you get a lot of joy from this? Oh yeah. It's a, it's a huge source of it. You know, it's, it's balanced sometimes or even overtaken sometimes by the, by the difficulties with just logistics of it all, but it'll always come back. Like I always get to be, I always can bring myself back to, and I'll use that, just that microbiome, you know, example again, you know, I have um, my beautiful nephew is having some uh, sensory integration disorder issues and we're working on his diet to see if that will work. And that's, that's what really spawned my learning actually about microbiomes. And I have the, the blessing, the luck to be able to apply what I know and, and all of my clients, what I've learned from my clients to not just my family, but then I can share that with my other clients. So it's this ongoing, like incoming, of, you know, incoming information processing. How do I share this? How do I apply this to my work? How do I apply this to my world? And then figure out a way to like put it out there, whatever, whatever that looks like. And it always looks like something different, you know? Yeah, definitely. That makes a lot of sense. I love this curiosity and wanting to help others. I think it really just embodies, you know, um, who you are. And so do you still create your own recipes and, and the programs yourself from start to finish? Oh, I love this. Yes. Yeah. Super hands-on about that. I develop all, to this day, I develop every single menu that we have. Like, mm. I, listen, I am a live to eat person. I am meant to be 400 pounds. I am. <laughs> I just want to eat. I love food. I, I, there's nothing I don't eat when I'm finishing one meal. I'm thinking about the next. I'm obsessed with food. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm super controlling about it, much to the dismay of my head chef sometimes, um, mm. who's also brilliant. He's a fine dining chef, and he's very, very brilliant and more creative than I am by far. So I create all of the menus, and then you know, and then certainly our recipes. And we have a whole team that does recipe testing before we launch everything. And the way I say, I don't do any of the cooking anymore. But the way I stay connected to the food, in addition to those menus going out, is every single day. In fact, while we've been talking, all day long, I have every single bit of food that goes out of my kitchen gets texted to me. A photo gets texted. Mm. Not, not you know, not 400 lunches, but I'll see the main lunch and I'll have to say, oh, okay, that looks good. Or like, let's change that garnish out or move it to that side of the plate or blah, 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 blah. You know, next time we do this, let's put this vegetable in because that will look prettier. But so that part, that's the creative part. That's yeah. very, very fun for me. I and all it. program development comes from me. And, and it's, again, it's often drawn from personal experience. So when I was talking earlier about being schizophrenic about food, that's why, because, okay, mm-hmm. I, I developed a paleo program. Like, all right, well, I've got to go paleo gluten-free for six months and see how it works. Like, how do I feel? Yeah. Not just a week, but how do I do it? Okay, I have this vegan program. Well, I need to eat our vegan food for a few months to make sure that I'm feeling right, that it looks the way I want it to look before I can send something out the door. So I can get a little nutso on my own eating habits. And I, for me, and again, and, and it's not for everybody, it's sort of this five, you know, these five or six smaller meals throughout the day. That doesn't work for everybody. It's just, it's just not true. Yeah. So 
that's why that's why I have to do things. I have to test things so carefully myself before I give anything to my clients. You know, I just need to make sure it works. Yeah, Yeah. you really fully immerse yourself in it. And I love I love that you've continued to just really reiterate that, you know, there's not one size fits all. And, you know, all of us eat differently. We have different needs, different blood sugar levels. And so it's about, you know, being mindful of that and putting that out there. And, you know, you have really said yes to yourself and really have said yes to your life, I think, in a really, a really profound way. And so in reflecting back, if you could, I don't know, tell yourself, you know, one thing, the 21, 22 year old Kelly, you know, one thing, um, given where you are now, what, what would you share with her? Uh, it, it, it wasn't even hesitation. It pops into my mind. It ties back to what we were talking about earlier, but I, I don't think we talked about it in this way. I think it would be to be kinder to myself mm. for sure. I am my toughest critic by far. I struggle to be forgiving of myself, of, you know, imperfections, mistakes I make. Um, I, an artist friend of mine was doing a project, Kelly Reamston. Uh, she queried a bunch of women and some, I can't remember some of the questions, but one, uh, one of the one of the questions was like, "What do you what are you most disappointed about, or something at this point in your life?" And this is a couple of years ago, maybe it was a year ago. And I responded, "I'm so mad at myself that I still am not in love with my body. Like mm-hmm. I'm so pissed off. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just don't still look in the mirror and go, you look great. <laughs> you know, it's good. <laughs> I'm still, there's still part of me that can I look back and go, oh my God, I looked amazing when I was 30. Oh my God. And I didn't know. And I looked when I was 40. Oh my God. I was like, I was um, rocking that bikini and I look great. Hmm. And I still, to this day, don't, I'm just still too self-critical in that respect. I really thought that this age, like a a little button was going to go off or a flashing light was going to go off. And I go, click. Okay. I love my body. I love myself. Everything's great. And I'm like, oh, that didn't happen. (laughs) That's so disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) But but it's it's having me... You know, and it's, it's, I, I just was like, God, it, but it really made me happy to have that awareness, Yeah. you know? So being kinder to, I've been, again, very tough on myself most of my life because I've wanted to achieve so much and do so well. So being kinder to myself, that is 200% what I would have told myself, mm. like ease up a little bit. It will all be good. It I will love, all be good. I love this. And I love how you've really transitioned and moved into that space of greater kindness and self-compassion for yourself. And it's, yeah. it's a constant journey. You know, we have high, constant. we have good constant. days where we're really kind to ourselves. Oh. And then other days where we look in the mirror and like, really, yeah. this is how you, you're going to go outside the house today. But it's about, <laughs> it's about calming that inner critic a little bit and putting her in her place and telling her to, you know, yeah. get out of the driver's seat and go back in the back seat. So I get it. Oh my it. gosh, I love it. I'm, I'm stealing half of what you said. Please today. do. It's like, oh, just coming off the too. fly. So I love it. Get in the back seat. Get, get in, in the, the back, back seat. seat. I'm driving. I love this. <laughs> I love it. So what would you say is your biggest dream? Oh, my biggest dream. I'm actually trying to figure that out right now, to be honest with you. I, mm. Here's what I know. I know I'm trying to hone in on it because I'm in a, I'm in a very long-term committed relationship and mm-hmm. we are both trying to figure out what is our, what is our next purpose? You know, not that Paletta will go away, not that his business will go away, but we both acknowledge to each other that, you know, we don't have children. 
and we feel like not that something's missing, but we just feel like there's an opportunity for us to do more. Mm -hmm. And we're literally, literally going through that process with each other right now. Like, okay, well, you know, what do we want? We've got all our businesses set up like that's That's going to keep going. But, but what, are, what are we going to do? Are we going to work with animals? Are we, do we want to go to Somalia? Do we want, what, what can we do with, we're so blessed and we have so much like, what are we going to do with our time in this next, you know, chapter of our lives? Right. We honestly don't know, but I don't feel scared about it. I feel actually kind of um, invigorated and mm. rejuvenated by it. Mm -hmm. Going and, and being able to do it with someone else, like your partner. I mean, he he and I are very much on the same page. Like we're again, we're very blessed. You know, we have a lot of things. We've worked really hard, but that gives you having stuff is great. But I guarantee you it does not make for a happy life it makes for an easier yeah. life but it does not in any way make for a happy having better shoes doesn't give you a better <laughs> life it just doesn't and and we're trying to figure out what that looks like for us and i and i honestly don't know i know it's about giving outward in some way you know we've done enough time on ourselves we have enough attention on ourselves like what are we going to put out in the world next that is meaningful and sustainable and provides purpose and we really don't know yet but it's kind of fun going through that journey with someone that yeah. you love to figure oh, it out i love this i can't wait to see what it's going to be and if it's anything I know, too, if it's anything too. like Paletta, it and if it's anything like just who you are it's going to be fantastic and it's going to be oh, so purpose-driven and kelly i have loved connecting with you and having this conversation and i feel like there's going to have to be a part two at some point because oh you and gosh, i could you and i could just keep going forever i know but i know and i tell you it's the most wonderful way to start my week. I can't believe oh. this is how I started my Monday morning. Oh, this I is love the best it. Monday I've had. It's really, it's really lovely. And oh. I loved listening to your podcast. It has a, there's, um, there's a groundedness to them, yet there's also sort of this ethereal lightness to them as well. They're very unusual and they're very unique. So I'm, oh. I'm very, I feel actually really lucky that I got introduced to you. So oh. You're going to make me cry. Sure. Oh my goodness. No, Thank no, you. That is, is the biggest compliment ever. I'm so well, appreciative. It's really true. It's, it's very moving. Like I said, you have to go out and seek the goodness. You know, you've yeah. got to go out and search for the good stuff. So I, I, for one, am going to promote the heck out of this because I think you're just doing something really beautiful, really, oh. really beautiful. Well, out thank the world. you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, the feeling is so mutual. I'm so grateful that we have connected. Thank you for everything you said. I'm going to hold Bye. on to that. Where can everyone find Paletta, connect with you and Paletta, learn more oh. and really just start using and signing up for, for your, for your programs? Well, we are, my website is paletta.com and you can go on there and see all the different programs we offer the cleanses most of our meal delivery program is in southern california but we ship several of our cleanses nationwide so people all over the country can get our stuff and i'd love to offer your listeners um, a promotional discount for, for up through the rest of the year if they use promo code seek the joy 20 it's oh. Seek the Joy 20. They can get 20% off their initial order. So I, I hope people give it a shot. I think I think it's a really nice way for people. You were talking about earlier about loving yourself and taking care of yourself. It's a it's a really nice thing to do for yourself if you've never done it. And I and I always tell people that have never done it, you don't have to spend a ton of money and do it seven days a week. 
you just might want to treat yourself to maybe lunch and dinner a couple of days a week, or maybe you want to do one full day. I have clients that have done my delivery program seven days a week for 12 years, unless they travel. I have other clients who do one day, one day a month and they'll do it for years. So it's, it's a nice thing that you're finding yourself busy or overwhelmed. It'll kind of shock you to take the food prep purchase, going out to eat element. If you just remove that element, it's kind of interesting how much time that frees up. Oh, so I encourage totally. people to try it. And and if anything that you learn, like I, listen, I'm, I'm happy to have clients on for a lifetime, but the, the thing that makes me proudest is teaching people how to eat through mm-hmm. example. Like these are the kind of portions you're supposed to be having. I think sometimes you might, people might get their first meal and be like, oh my God, yeah, it's not going to look like a Cheesecake Factory chicken Alfredo. <laughs> and it probably <laughs> it shouldn't. Be... No. Right. No. And we'll, and we'll do chicken Alfredo, but it's going to be the right amount. It's going to be so educating people about how they're eating, what they're eating, and how much. Yeah. Is, it just happens through osmosis. So I encourage people to try it, whether they do it once, twice, or intermittently, you know, for whatever. But um, Seek the Joy 20 will be your promo code for the rest of the year. Oh, Kelly, I love this. I'm so excited to share Good. this with everyone. And I know there's going to be people who want to try this. I mean, Good. seriously, I hope, I hope, I hope so. Uh, thank you for such a wonderful conversation. Oh, Cindy, it was fun. You are lovely. I really, really enjoyed it. It was really fun.